Welcome everybody to the Men for Life podcast. It's been a minute and I'm here with my good friend Pete uh, DeMaio and Shannon Donnelly is here. Hello. Also. We have a great guest in uh, on the story. boys show. I know yeah, this is are. exciting. So you guys asked the girl on the boys show. I'm hanging with the boys. Yeah, I love it. It's I exciting. Love it. We're very excited to have you and uh, we're looking forward to learning about you and uh, having a great time here. What we want to do first, as we always do, is start off in prayer. And Pete, you're the expert in the prayer thing in the category of prayer so maybe you could kick us off and then we'll get into the episode you know i like to talk yeah well you know it's a, <laughs> so if it's okay let it. me give a little preface to prayer. do it anything. i was just thinking in the car on the way down here is you do you um thank you to steve boza for asking me because it led me to our friendship andrew and it's been beautiful you've become like a brother this past year to me and uh, we'll get to you next, Shannon. But, no, uh, I love brotherly love. Yeah. You need to see masculine friendship. It's, there you it's go. beautiful. Amen. Keep going. Amen. All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, Steve Boza asked me if I would lecture for the pro-life mass uh, last winter when things were shut down during COVID. And sure. if these things aren't a burden to me. No. This is a privilege. This is an honor. Yeah. So, of course, I said yes. Well, just lecturing at the cathedral, which which I had never even been at the cathedral for mass, let wow. alone. So I, here I am up on the altar, and um, that led to Father Gill and Father Beadricki asking me if I would continue to lecture uh-huh. and then also serve, which I did last year, and I absolutely loved it. I didn't even know I wanted to be on the altar. That was amazing. Right. And then that led to Marianne asking me if I would be a Christian initiation sponsor, mm. not realizing that... God that was Peter and introduce... Andrew would come yeah. together again. <laughs> so here we are. Here we get, we are here. First Fisherman Media. First Fisherman Love Media. It. And um, so good. Andrew's idea, by the way. Mm. And I'm just along for the ride, and I'm loving it. And um, it's the Holy so Spirit's idea. It is. And what I have a good friend, Victoria Nowie, and a long time ago when we were speaking at a school, it might have been O'Hara actually. She said, "Pete, just keep giving God your yes." Just mm. she said, "You it, you'll be amazed." how he uses you yeah just do like mary did and just give your yes and interestingly enough as i was thinking about you shannon because we were coming to meet you today Mm -hmm. i was thinking you know when they asked me if i would speak for the respect life rally for our high schools a couple i guess i think it was three years ago sure that's how i met you if i didn't say yes and continue to give my yes Mm -hmm. i would have never met you and i was like wow this girl is incredible that was my first year at nazareth too it was was my first year i was like three months into the job i still remember i ran out with trisha i think to run her home and i came back and when i came back you and the girls were all taking pictures yeah and they were like can we go say hi to him i'm like this guy's not a celebrity. Like, why are they so excited? <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete, but I was. <laughs> and then we met and we started talking. And yeah, we just, there was a connection of, oh my gosh, we're going to work together. But it wasn't then. And now it's now. Now it's now. So it, it's, it, it, we just knew it. It was so good. It was, we were meant to be outside taking our selfies and our pictures and. And that's how God works in our lives. It's Amen. true. Amen. Comes from giving our yes as Mary gave her yes. So. Did you know, I read this this year, there's no word for coincidence in the Hebrew Bible. Like they don't have a word coincidence. It's an English like made up American word. Like the word coincidence doesn't exist in the original text of Jesus's language and scripture. So for anyone to say, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's a, it's a made up it's American actually word. Our, right. It's our, it's our God Almost an provision. atheist yeah. word, right? Yeah. Go. Right, because God, that makes so much more sense for us. God always has a plan. He's 
working in our lives. Provision and all of his alignment. Yep. I love it. Well, we're in the middle of a 54-day rosary, which just began several days ago. And so, as we always pray to Mary, but today I want to pray with special intention to Mary. Sure. And um, pray for us and the way that God wants to use us and work in our lives. And also, uh, specifically, to pray for purity amongst all people. Um, single life, married life, and especially our youth um, for purity for them. So um, we would ask this um, in in Jesus' name as we pray. Hail Mary, full full of grace, grace, the the Lord Lord is with with thee. Blessed Blessed are thou among women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Just so you guys know, 54-day novenas rock your world. (laughs) I've done three of them, and every time I've done them, my life has, like, changed drastically. Wow. Mary's intercession in my life is... And it's, it's one of my favorite stories to tell my students because... My first 54-day novena, I prayed for a boyfriend, got a boyfriend, and then he broke my heart, but it led me to my personal encounter with Christ, who showed me, because I asked, I remember praying, I was like, Mary, send me my soulmate, and then on the 54th day, I met a guy I started dating, and then when he broke up with me, like, oh my gosh, it was like five months later, I was like, it took me a while to get over it, I was wrestling with a lot, so when I finally brought the question back to Mary... I was like, why didn't why why didn't you bring me my soulmate? Like you brought me someone and he broke me. And she was like, if he didn't break you, you wouldn't have met your soulmate, who's my son. Wow. And like, did she say that to you? Like did she you said, hear like, that? Like I heard it, and it was a, it wasn't in chapel, like wasn't in church. I was really anxious. I was really like shaken over the situation because he had just started dating someone else, and I was taking a walk with my sisters. And we walked by our neighbor's house and they had a Mary statue on their lawn. And so did we. Like, the Blessed Mother is in my house. I didn't need to see her at a neighbor's house. But I remember walking by. My sisters were way ahead because they were on their bikes. And I asked that question in my head and I heard that response. And, like, she was right. Like, Jesus is my soulmate, not some human man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and ever since then, I've like been on fire for the Lord. And when was that? When did that happen? That was 2018, right before I graduated college. I'm a hopeless romantic. My first breakup was like, and of course, because you're praying for something, and then you get it, and then it's gone. It was the first time I ever like was angry at God. Mm-hmm. Like, why did you take away something that made me happy when you brought it to me? The funny thing was like, we did ministry together too. So we were doing group work together. We were running a small small group together. And I think I loved the idea of that, but not him. So if he's listening to this- And he started awkward. dating another woman in prayer group? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. This oh my gosh, stop. They're going to be listening to this. It was, it was. This is like the, the like housewives. I of always Catholic tell people ministry. who needs reality TV, like film my life because there's so many things that go on. And I'm like, God is just, he's funny. He's, he'll throw things at you that you don't think you can handle. We call that temptation. And, and he just gets you through it. And he's just working the whole time. And yeah, I mean, that's like my favorite story to tell my students because they just eat that story up because they're like on the edge of their seat. And then they try to find this guy on social media and they're like, you made the worst decision of your life. This girl's amazing. And I'm like, I love this. Like these girls backing me up. They're so good. <laughs> but that's so real. 
So real. Shannon, that is like... So real. Yeah. So good luck on your 54-day. Oh, I... Um, good luck. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's something that I was really, really looking forward to, and it was nice because Helene Hallowell, who mm-hmm. um, helps run Joy-Filled Marriages for yeah. Ascension Press, yeah. Couples to Couples League, shout out to Helene, she's amazing, and she was actually trying to round up as many families as possible who want to do it, so it's something we're going to do together awesome. as the whole family. Oh my gosh, their whole everyone's life's going to change. Yeah, That's I was so already good. thinking that. I was thinking, I could be doing this by myself, Yeah, but for... Our entire family, this, yeah. the seeds are there. It's... We did a consecration as a family to Mary during the quarantine when we were all living together. And it was really cool to see Mary work. And I think I paid attention to it more than my siblings did. But by the end of the consecration, I actually moved out. So I was the first one to fly the coop. I, I'm one of six. Um, so Mary gave me independence. My sister got a car. Like, that's a big thing. My brother ended a relationship and met his now fiance. It was just wild and everyone was getting little miracles and even just the small things of family tension and family relationships growing or like things being healed, wounds and being healed and forgiveness. And I just remember it being powerful. So again, your world's gonna change for you and your whole family so that's like double the (laughs) i love hearing it from you because there's you're right like there's so much fruit that comes out of these things just like you're describing within your own family yeah that we forget yep until you do it i almost have to sit down and write the i'm like god just show me what you did because i don't pick it up until it's like after the fact like i realize after the fact what the miracle was or what what the intention was and how you did answer it so and someone else told me this my friend Megan said like when you do novenas sometimes you don't get the answer until my gosh like three months after so don't think your prayers weren't heard so that's another rule of thumb if people are listening just remember you can you can get your little answer in three five months maybe a year but there were there and that was the cool thing about the 54 day that I did first because I didn't see anything happening but the guy who I started dating, he was meeting with the priest who set us up. He was doing like spiritual direction with the priest. And the priest kept saying, like, do you know Shannon Donnelly? Like, do you know Shannon Donnelly? And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll get around to meeting her. But it was at like this random laser tag event that like I went to with my friends that he happened to be there. So like he was hearing it from the priest, which eventually which he was hearing it from God. But it it was the day we met that like it wasn't in church and there was like no reason we should have been meeting. So there's always things happening behind the scenes. So you might not see it, but it's like happening. And like, it's just really wild. I wish we're all going to see it in heaven one day, but I wish I could like see it more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No coincidence. No coincidence. None. Um, Which um. Which consecration did the family do? Did you do the Father did, Michael Gately, the 33 days to morning quarterly no, glory? Or? We have that one. I think a couple of people in my family have done that individually. I have, which is great. We did one. I can't think of what it was called, but it was to Our Lady of Guadalupe. So Our Lady of Guadalupe, my mom bought um, an image to, of her in our house. And what was cool about it, having younger siblings and you have younger kids, Pete, 
every day that you read the meditation for the day and then prayed the rosary together, you would put a star on, on the mantle of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So my siblings, like putting a star on the Christmas tree, they would put a star on Our Lady of Guadalupe for each day. And then however, I think it might have been 54 days. It was definitely 50 to 60 days. Whatever number it was is how many stars are on the mantle of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh, wow. It was wild. It was really awesome. Because then the kids are seeing an actual visual image Mm -hmm. of their, right, Mm -hmm. of the non-visual interior. Right. Yep. That is, oh, that's cool. I love it. Yep. (laughs) Shannon, you're a great person to be on here with us because... Um, for, I mean, just for several reasons, but the family that you come from, obviously, you know, and then you're the oldest of the, of the I'm actually the second oldest, but since I'm the oldest girl, we know I'm the oldest. I didn't know that. You have an older brother. I do. Yeah. He's actually 15 months older than me. We're Irish twins. Yeah. Um, so he's awesome. He's, and I love the birth order that we have because I, I just love having an older brother and then it's me. And then I have another brother. So I loved, like, the first three of us, boy, girl, boy. Like, I love that. Like, my childhood was outside, riding bikes, hanging with the boys like I am now. And then the last three of the Donnellys, we have six total, are all girls. So they had an older sister and two older brothers. And I just I just love that. Like, I know there's no hierarchy of a guy or a girl being born first. But I do find our our order really awesome because the boy girl boy and then three girls who were like what we call the trifecta they were always hanging out they were hanging doing their thing and then us growing up and being their role models as the three oldest was just so fun they're my best friends oh my gosh i love growing up with them you are like our Alyssa. Mm. it's boy boy girl she's the third okay but they're all close it's yeah. 12 months and then yeah 17 months and for her, the boys are her, they're like her best buddies. They best are, buddies. Yeah. I love my brothers. My one brother, Pat, who's the oldest, he's just very serious. We can talk real. He's like financially like intrigued. He's like knows a lot of cool things. Ryan is like what I call the family clown, but he just became a police officer. So he'll like send me videos of him shooting at the gun range. And I'm like, no, you're the kid who like chewed on my Barbie doll. This is not real. Like you can't fake this out. You're not this cool. (laughs) How old is he now? He's 22. So he's just a stud. He became this cop and he's thriving. And oh my gosh, he's like very happy and very, he feels masculine. He feels... He gets to be the man of integrity that he always wanted to be because he was that guy in high school who did the right thing always. And now his career like lines up with what his interior life was. And it's just really awesome how that like like words become flesh, like what you think your words become your flesh. And he embodies that. And it's really awesome. So that's a perfect seed Philly plug, by the way. Okay. Seed just rolled out here in the area. Okay. And uh, it's Seed, C-E-D-E, Catholic Entrepreneurship Design Experience. Nice. Created down at Catholic University. Okay. But some wonderful um, women here in the area have brought it now to the Philly area. Father DeLacy just said the mass out at Malvern Retreat House the other night. But most of the focus is what you just said, Shannon. It's 
taking the person that God folded up inside of you, mm. figuring out who that is yep. and beginning to unfold that yeah. you know, in your life, which yeah. your brother obviously He's was doing able. it. Yeah. He's doing it. And I love seeing it in him. And I'm, I just pray all my siblings get to do that just as much as he did. And Pat did too. Like Pat, Pat's actually engaged to one of my good friends. So he owes me a lot in life. Is he really? <laughs> he is. I met, I met my friend Lindsay a few years ago and when I moved out, Pat was moving my couch in and with my dad and Lindsay happened to be there popping champagne to celebrate me. And Pat was, Pat was like in his sweats, like didn't really think he'd be meeting his soon to be wife. And man, you can't, you just can't replace what was meant to be because when they met, he like texted me and was like, have I met your friend before? Like, who is this girl? And I was like, please like you need to be around my life more and then they started dating and now they're engaged though we married in october so i'm just saying i I made that happen praise god good catholic couple who again integrity and and love and they love to travel like you can just see their desires praise and glorify god i tease the kids all the time because I'm like, oh, for the guys, like your buddies are gonna like your sisters, and oh, for the yeah. girls, your, your girlfriends are gonna love the boys. Which actually, it's so good that way because mm-hmm. you trust them, you can hang out together. It's a filter. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great. Yeah, and I grew up, um, I grew up all boys, and Trisha grew up all girls, so we didn't oh, have no that dynamic. Yeah, so this is this was new for both of us. Um, you're interesting, Shannon, because well, for a lot of reasons, but. <laughs> Growing up um, with the two boys, you're like our Alyssa, where it's almost like you're doing all this stuff, like almost like tomboy, but no one can see you, but you are super feminine and Mm -hmm. you totally like get. I remember being in high school and, and following Pat. Pat was the football player, the jock, the cute guy, like. And I got to follow him, but I wasn't like, and I and never tried to be him, but I got to follow him, and that was like. I understood like why we we say we're like made in the image and likeness of God like that's an honor we get to follow that and then like you see that in your family like your your older brother sets the stage and now these teachers love you the football I remember the football jocks being like yo you Donnelly's sister and I was like yeah and then we're like best friends and they never pick on me and I was like set for life (laughs) and the teachers who were the coaches for the football team like fell in love with me it was just like people knew the Donnelly's and like even if we didn't have you as a teacher like because you knew Pat or because you knew Shannon you immediately liked the other siblings and he set that stage for all of us like no pressure but he did it and it was just awesome because like you said he was who he was but I was the feminine who I was and and people loved it like there's those Donnelly's (laughs) so Shannon it's so beautiful to hear you guys talk about your like larger families and I I was curious based on that because it's kind of a countercultural thing right oh yeah it's it's, you know Pico's into supermarkets and they're like how many kids they always think it's from two different marriages Mm -hmm. right they always ask my mom and dad oh are you the second like spouse or something and that's a rude question number one it is and they're always like no we're we're one happy family especially because our age differences are really big I was 14 when the youngest was born so she was a baby up until I graduated college and there's there's a huge age gap and and that's unheard of like when people hear that I remember getting up my first job at Nazareth like a professional school building and I'm like an adult now and I had like a 10 year old sister at home it was very complex it came with its own things but I would never trade it for the world because 
it's it's why I am who I am. So I was, that was the, kind of where I was going with the question was, what do you, so to the, to the culture, mm-hmm. what would you say that people that come from a smaller family are missing? So it's interesting you say that because the first year that I worked at my first job, one girl that I worked at work with, her name's Alyssa. Shout out if she's listening. Um, she and I were running Kairos retreats together, and we would get to talk like late into the hours after the retreat was winding down for the day. And she would tell me about her friend group and show me pictures. And she was engaged to the guy she went to junior prom with. And I was like, "You have the friend group that like Friends has, like the TV show Friends." And that's amazing, and I never had that, and I'm super jealous. And she just looked at me with, like, gentle conviction, and she was like, yeah, but you have that at home, and I don't have siblings. And she was an only child, and it was the moment I realized, like, this is a gift. Like, this isn't something that, like, everyone has. This is something that God, like, cooperated with with my parents. And I just always tell people how amazing it is, and I, I think this is going to sound, I don't want it to come off selfish, but they're a little jealous. And even I've met, um, I worked at a day camp one year and my supervisor was this really goofy guy. He was really fun to interact with. He was funny with the kids and stuff. And he like met my mom and eventually all my siblings worked at this camp. So they got to know him. And, and every time we see him, he like just compliments my mom and he's a Jewish guy. And he's like, you know, you were meant to have six kids. Like, you just do it so well. You, you make it look effortless. And so even these people who didn't have these Christian beliefs or these um, other family members who had these big families, there was I always felt like people were like a little jealous of us. Again, not to sound selfish, but they saw how beautiful our lives were. But it, I mean, our, our life as a family isn't perfect. And I think you post so much and show how amazing we all look and how beautiful we are. But... Um, we have tension, we have fights. I've seen my family struggle, and I think that's where a lot of my pro-life arguments came in because people didn't know that, like, I've seen my parents struggle. Like, I've seen them hit rock bottom financially. I, I didn't know what it meant when I was younger, but that was never, like, they never abandoned us in that. They never, that was never a reason to, like, throw the towel. And I remember being 11 years old and sitting in the basement, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't kill me saying this, but it's it's a testimony to fatherhood, playing my little Barbies and hanging out with my younger siblings. And my dad must have lost his job, but like, obviously you don't tell your kids that. He's like sitting at the computer downstairs and like on the phone with someone begging, like, oh, I have six kids. I just lost my job. Like, you need to give me a job. Like, you need to just take a chance on me. Like, that's fatherhood never abandoned us, never left us, worked his ass off to get us to where we are. But we also pay for everything. We also paid for college. We also, you know, paid for our cars and stuff like that. So there's just that dynamic of like, it's a beautiful thing, but we've worked hard as individuals as a whole. I'm, my parents probably should be sitting here on this show and telling you how they did it because as a 26-year-old female who hopes to get married and have family one day, I'm like, how did they do it? Like, like it's, it's, it's God. It, it just has to be because the way he provided for us and, and filled us with faith and good things is, is really on him. It's on him. And he, we allowed him to work that in us and we're still growing. We're still moving, but yeah, that's my experience at least with the big family. Shannon, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. love, I believe me. I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I hope that this is our, our 
oldest children in eight years or 10 years. Oh my like, gosh. I love it. Because Tell them to hang out with me. I, I, I'll just mentor them. No, I'm just kidding. They're, they're good. They're all right. Um, but everything that you just described is our family. Yeah. Uh, you're right. It's not perfect. It's, but but we are the envy of others. I Hopefully not in a not envious in a, way, like in a, yeah. like in a green monster jealousy way. But no, like in, in a, like a way of, I hope you know how good you have it. Yeah, like an appreciative, exactly, yeah. of, right, of don't ever take what you guys have for granted because yeah. there's moms who wanted more children right. and weren't able to or whatever. Mm-hmm. We do. We have something unique and special. And I, I completely identify with your dad is mm-hmm. you're just doing your best to try to keep up with everything, especially financially sure. in the household. Yeah. You don't want to let your wife and your children down because you know you're their mm-hmm. leader, their protector, definitely their provider. So sure. you're like doing their your best and you want to spoil them if you could, but mm-hmm. you know that's not good or, or healthy either. So it's yeah. almost like the struggle is better because it forces yeah. everyone, you know, to be better instead of just being spoiled. Yep. It's like this... I, uh, you're right. Having your mom and dad on would be wonderful that, to speak they would, to. They should probably be <laughs> part here. Part two. Part two. <laughs> part two with the parents of Shannon Donnelly. Why, I have a question for you, Shannon. What, sure. Why do you think it is you're a younger person than Peter I, and so you've seen a different, say, slice of time in our culture, right? Like he, yeah. he and I grew up at a different era than you did. Mm-hmm. And why do you think it is that most people either or, or don't want to have larger families? Mm. As a woman, I think just interacting and a lot of my friends are engaged right now and I don't think that they're like aspiring to have big families and I don't judge that like that's not me saying it in a bad way. As a woman, I think a lot of people and I'm not talking about the friends. I'm just there's experience who I've talked to. Unfortunately, there's negative things and then there's things that they consider positive. I I think financially people struggle and think that they can't afford it. Um, but if you wait till you can, my mom always told me, if you wait till you have a quote unquote enough money to have you'll kids, never you'll never it. have kids. Right. It's the same thing with anything, marriage, everything. So financially it's the Amen big one. Amen to your mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Smart lady. Like I said. Wise lady, your mom. Get her on the show. And unfortunately, I, and I could be wrong, but I think females my age in my age bracket don't want big families because there's a hyper fixation on having a perfect body. Mm. Wow. And I, I, we haven't heard that's a new one. But yeah, why not? I just, I, I feel strongly about this. I was a fitness instructor for three years and I like lived on the social media side of female bodies and trainers. And my sister is 18 and her and I talk about this a lot. And we've come to realize that like these girls who are in shape, like, they hold on to that so strongly and they take such pride in that because they think being in shape healed their body image wounds and then that still has never shown them the actual reason of god giving you the female body Mm. and what's happened to me in the last year from being a fitness instructor is i had a really miraculous healing um i i would love to give you the story but i was i was at a studentville youth conference with the teens i had a miraculous healing And I was obsessed and consumed in my identity as a fitness instructor. And I remember leaving the conference and that obsession, like I was delivered from that, like it was gone. And what I've learned in the last year, 
because I'm looking at the people still doing it and I'm healing from it and what I've learned you hold on to that like that like you hold on to what you've accomplished how hard you're working how good your body works like God made the female body the most beautiful thing in the world that's why Eve was created last in all of creation and she appeared to Adam naked because the original beauty of a naked body the breast the shape the curve the everything her hips the the way your elbows bend is supposed to cradle a child like your hips are supposed to house that kid and sit there while you're holding him like the original beauty of the body was so sacred so like there's just not enough words to put into it the beauty like I'm sure as men you could try but you're not going to like we're beautiful but we've perverted that yes as a culture we've taken the female body and now she's become not the the house the covenant of a human being because Mary was the first covenant of the tabernacle right like she housed Jesus we're not we're not that we are independent we are making money we're looking good we're we we, kids just don't come in that I don't know and I think it it starts at the view of how we understand what the human what the female body is so do you think then that the the women who are super into fitness are then trying to um, be like men? Mm. They definitely start to portray that in their... um, When you work out a lot, you produce a lot of testosterone. Um, I learned that working out excessively isn't good for the female body because the hormones get out of whack and then that's why you think you need to go on birth control and then that's why nothing's regulated and you're having all these different like imbalances and panic attacks because you're increasing that testosterone when you actually need more estrogen to relax and de-stress. So scientifically and biologically, you're becoming more masculine, but in your thought process... Like spiritually, yeah, like you you become that independent, almost breadwinner type like because you know how to get everything, you know how to make the money. And then when the men come around and they, my brothers always say like when, when you come around to the girls and you want to be a gentleman, they don't let you because they've learned how to do it all themselves. It's not about, we don't think you can do it. It's let me serve you. Like, let me wash your feet kind of thing. And then we can say no to that because- We've learned how to do it all, and we've learned how to look good while we do it. So you don't it, need the man. It's, yeah, we don't we don't need people. We don't want to be a gift to others. We don't want to be a gift of self. We just want to do it all ourselves. It's, it's that independence and, and the hyperfixation on the body. And very interesting how you drew that that connection between those two. If you don't mind, because we're coming off of the assumption, do it. Father mm-hmm. DeLacy mm-hmm. at, at the seed mass the other night yeah. gave seven parallels between the Ark of the, the Covenant in the Old Testament. And, and Mary. Then, uh, and Mary. Oh. And I've heard a few of these, but not, yeah. not like that. So Father DeLacy, you're amazing. You know, for, That's awesome. And one of the, and so just stick with that is mm-hmm. the most sacred space in the entire globe mm-hmm. would have been the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. back in the Old Testament. Right. Well, to your point, Shannon, is why aren't we viewing the woman's body, who is supposed to be like Mary, as men? Why aren't our eyes looking at that and seeing the most sacred space in the entire globe? And when you find the one, Mm -hmm. the one, whichever one that is, Mm -hmm. for me, Tricia, right? Mm -hmm. That gaze should be that powerful and strong is that you're the one, and I love everything about you, every curve. So thank you, 
honey for not overdoing it on the working out and uh, and not boosting your uh, your testosterone levels. We don't need we, that. Yeah, we, we don't, don't want that. you to overdo it, honey. Good job on uh, Good on job, holding Trish. down the workout. Uh. Trish, you're my role model. And I think I always reflect on those times because you can. You can... Oh, geez, and she's she like works out because she, oh, does she because she has to, not because like to well, try to stay in shape. But there's... she doesn't genuinely love it. No, you know? there's goodness in that. We're supposed to take care of our bodies, but it's it's. Like, what's the motivation, right? Like, what's the intention? What are we doing with that? And I got into seasons of my life where I admit, like, I was a narcissist about it. Like, it was the thing I got compliments on. It was, I remember going through seasons of not getting asked out on dates, but then posting workout pictures on Instagram and Facebook and guys were flooding in. And I was like, wow, where were you months ago when I wasn't looking like this and you weren't there? So I never like pursued any of them, but it's just very telling how all that stuff works. And you consume all that media all day long, whether you're a guy or a girl. And I I have met other guys who say like they won't date girls if they look a certain way because they've seen what girls can look like. And like the gym culture is really interesting because when you're so immersed in it, you have to like end up marrying someone who's also immersed in it because your lifestyle can't be radically different from theirs. And that's just a general rule of thumb too for the whole marriage and family thing. Like people base who they marry off of interests and hobbies, not morals and values. And that's what I've seen a lot in our culture too, is you're just, you're just meeting someone because you both like basketball, you both like working out, you both like the same idea for vacation or whatever. And it's not about having kids. It's not about raising your own people. And yeah. So this is, a, so obviously the, the meaning of the podcast, what we're trying to do is talk to young men and you're a young woman. Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting question for me. Did you at some point realize was part of your shifting away from, let's say heavy workout culture Sure. was part of that, hey, I might, this might not work very well for my larger goal yep. of finding a husband. Yep. If I'm sitting there like next to him in the gym mm-hmm. trying to out bench press him, yeah. then maybe that's not, was that, was that something that came overtly into your mind or is it just a feeling or did you just wake up, did you see a video someday or like, how yeah. did that, how did you come to that if that's what you came to? It was buried in me. It was buried in me and I wouldn't let like, I wouldn't let it come to the light kind of thing. Like, you know the truth. You know what God's calling you to. Like, God's, I'm not getting into heaven because I have a bicep pump. Like, it's just not happening. And I I remember. But just, guys, we do want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that vein wasn't there yesterday and now it is coming out, you know. And that's like, that's its own experience of like generally good, like happy inducing like moments. But yeah, like a very, very small, like the book of, um, it's in the Bible. It wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the hurricane, the fire. It was the still small voice, like be feminine, like be feminine for men. Don't be like the gym rat girl for guys. And I was, like I said, I had a very miraculous experience at a Steubenville conference as a chaperone. And when I came home, I just began to reread theology of the body, reread the beauty of what the female body is and and what she communicates, right? So beauty isn't just what we look like, it's inviting. So my presence as a woman will captivate you. It will you will be attracted to me, but am I inviting? Like am I welcoming? Am I allowing other men to use their emotions and to be vulnerable? And that to me was more important 
than like what you said, trying to bench press with them. So that's what I focused on while still taking care of myself, but not excessively. Right. It's interesting because if you go to if you go to the gym, the entire thing is mirrors. Mm-hmm. So what is what is what is that? So if if there's, there's as you said, if there's oh. an if if our ideas are a or the let's say a physical space that we create is a manifestation of, of making a, a, an enfleshment. I don't know what the word is, yeah. but an incarnation of yeah. where, 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 our philosophy. Mm-hmm. And what is that philosophy in there? It's the whole thing is mirrors. It's, it's all about looking at you. Whereas if you go to yep. the, so for example, if you go to the mass, mm-hmm. it's all orientation to towards, the altar. Yeah, towards to adoration the of what's of higher. Off self onto, right? Yeah. Off self on purpose. Mm-hmm. And the purpose is yeah. the gift. It's funny you said that because as you two are talking, I was thinking about a funny banner that Nikki has in his bedroom, and okay. it was ordered specifically as a like almost like as a joke, but it's a Kanye West one. I love Kanye. And he, <laughs> and, but he says, "I need to be in a room of mirrors so that this mm. way I, I'm always surrounded by winners." <laughs> <laughs> that's totally Kanye. Yep. But that's it, yeah. But that's the point. Is it's actually funny because it's not really true. It's you know? right. Exactly. <laughs> And I think that's the other conviction I had um, with the Holy Spirit was my 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 identity as a female who's striving to meet a man who will pursue her to marry is not what I can do to look good for him, but how I'm capable of making a gift of myself to him. So mm-hmm. I might look good in my appearance, but what decisions am I making in my day-to-day life to be a gift of self to him? Like, what am I doing to exercise that? literally not in the gym like to exercise an interior life to exercise communication comprehension cherishing eye contact non-sexual forms of intimacy like am I capable of that and at a time in my life I wasn't and I had to bring that to a prayer life Lord like purify my heart and teach me how to love people especially men firstly in a sisterly way that I can invite them and welcome them with my presence and then eventually show me which man is going to step up that I can be the gift he needs, that I can gift myself to him. Still waiting for him. He's out there, but <laughs> guys, point. I'm telling you, yeah. young young yeah, men you guys... in, in your twenties, if you're missing out on this one, you are yeah. nuts. So what do you what so then okay, so this is you're calling out to God to present this man to you. So mm-hmm. and if there's young men listening to this, can you walk us through a little bit about how you think about what this I know you can't like picture the exact person yeah but there are are there some principles because Mm. we're trying to form young men with the podcast and so you coming from let's say the other side of the fence yeah in in actively in the let's say dating marketplace Mm -hmm. what is attractive to you in in a young in a younger guy like what is the what is it that you're looking for I ask this question once a month (laughs) it's it should be so simple but I felt like over the years and and to the young girls who are listening to this like please make this list like there should be a list of non-negotiables in your journal or wherever you write your thoughts and feelings it could be in your notes page on your iPhone but I'm going to tell you guys like this is what we're looking for we're just looking for that purity and what I mean by purity isn't that you're a prude and like you just don't do anything it's that you have a heart who knows it's, you know you're a sexual being, you know your heart desires love, but you're gonna choose connection with a girl over anything stupid that could be the cheapened version of that. 
Like, when I look at a guy who's attractive, he's attractive because he didn't go through, like, the fast food lane of um, the hookups, the pornography, the masturbation to try to satisfy himself. He persevered life and adventure and did things and had good friends, went to mass, had a prayer life, knew the struggle, and the purity of his intentions is that ache, that human ache of Adam in the garden who's like, Lord, like, I've, I've fed the animals, I've named them, I've toiled, but like, my heart aches for something. And when you feel that ache, men, like when you feel that ache, you don't turn to the porn, you don't turn to the soft porn on Instagram, you don't turn to the, the media, you offer it up for your future spouse in that moment. Like if she needs something, her intentions, whatever she's doing... <laughs> <laughs> no one can see us. I'm laughing at something Pete just did. I just gave a pound to Andrew because I am loving this. You are so on point, Shannon. And like coming like, from my former male self, who mm, who had it so wrong. And I and like I had like that and like when. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I'm I'm about the podcast like trip up or whatever. Um, like. When guys hear that, like, don't be intimidated because I know the culture has lied to you. Like, I know the culture told you to go find those things and satisfaction in those things. So I have, like, God, myself, women, we have mercy towards that. But if you're listening to this, like, you know it. Like, be attractive in your integrity. And I think um, something that's really interesting that I incorporate in my theology of the body lesson at Nazareth to the young girls is there's actually four scientific levels of attraction. It's intellectual, spiritual, physical, and emotional. So if you take any of those four levels of attraction, and like we were saying in the beginning of the show, like what, who, like who did God make you to be? Those four layers of attraction can be answered through the things that you like, the hobbies that you enjoy. What do you enjoy reading about? Something that's really attractive about a guy is like, yeah, like I was reading about this and I know a lot of facts about this and I, I studied this. Like he's intelligent, like he has that. So if you, and like it, I think we focus so much on the physical or we focus on the emotional in a perverted way. We're waiting for someone to make us infatuated with them. We're waiting for someone to like set us on fire with feelings and dopamine and whatever, that we focus so much on those that we're not feeding ourselves spiritually and intellectually, which are super attractive, just saying. So not as, not as so it wouldn't be what level can you get to in World of Warcraft? No. Or something like that. that no, it be would like, not. Are you like a super, are you like a super <laughs> duper wizard in some stupid game that yeah, you've wasted no. like six tenths of your of your last decade playing that wouldn't, I, be a, wouldn't be on the list listen no it wouldn't i i'm not against video games but you have to understand like i grew up with a dad and brothers who played like mlb the show and madden like 2k10 so if you're playing like wizardry and whatever i didn't grow up with that so you just gotta you gotta teach me what you're doing i don't know what you're doing <laughs> So, but it'd be more impressive if they, or they'd be more attractive to you if they were reading Augustine or mm. um, some theology of the body, and they could talk about that rather than their skills um, in Just, the in the metaverse. Yeah, the deep conversations go so far. I mean, my people love traveling. People love shopping. I love you know the late night or the middle of the day, like deep conversations, like guys who are capable of that, which is why I love your guys' podcast. Um, it's it's super attractive. And then what they do to feed that in their free time through mass, the sacraments, what they're reading, relying on 
Um, did I get that you're a teacher? I didn't get. I didn't do enough. Yeah, I don't research. think I even introduced yeah, so like I just keep assuming yeah. people know. Teacher slash campus minister. I'm I'm hired as a campus minister. I've been doing ministry for eight years now, so I've led retreats with um, high school students, both men and women. But primarily, my the school that I work at, Nazareth Academy, is all girls. And I knew at a really young age, like 16 years old. I knew the ways the devil tried to get to me in my womanhood. So I, I, my goal in life was to make sure their insecurities know that there are solutions, paths, and ways to remedy and heal, and God's real and He loves you. And I just always wanted to be a role model for young people, always. So, what are the ages of the girls that you're teaching? So it's high school, oh, so high school. ninth to twelfth. It's I guess it would be like f- maybe even fourteen. I guess they come into the school fourteen to eighteen. Do you have all grades? What's the... As a campus minister, I interact with all grades, but Theology of the Body is for the junior year students, and that's what I teach. I, uh, by the way, I may, it might be a little bit bold of me to say, but Shannon's probably our best or uh, campus minister in the entire Oh my gosh, please don't say that. <laughs> um, she is... I'm telling you, she's wonderful, and I've met... That's not an insult to anyone. Mm-mm. That is a uh, no. A bar we love for, you guys. <laughs> for all to strive for. You're bringing something absolutely special and wonderful to the young girls, Shannon. I already know. Oh, I it. love them. And I think that I love them so much. Our connection, which I didn't realize at the time when we yeah. first connected, I didn't realize until later, as you and I talked more and got to know each other, is I think a lot of it hinges around theology of the body. Because For sure. Because when I met you, I was like, "Wow, she's super special." I didn't know why. Yeah. Courtney McHale on that same level. Yeah. You remember Courtney from St. Oh my Hubert's? gosh! Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing. She. When I meet Theology of the Body young people, it's like you guys oh get something that we other really young are, people don't yeah. get. We are like our own niche because, and I've never been to the Institute and it's in Pennsylvania. Like there's something wrong with me. Shout out to Christopher West. Like I need to get there. Um, one of the N- Nazareth nuns is doing the program right now. So she's getting me excited to, I, I just always feel like that's something I hopefully would get to do with a future husband. So I was like, put that on the back burner. Um, but theology of the body was the answer to my romantic heart because I wanted to throw myself at rom-coms and Instagram and just get a boyfriend and think everything was good and, and be in love with the emotions and the attention. And I think God saved me really quick from falling into that path because I could have very easily been a Mary Magdalene and thrown myself at guys and done whatever I want. But the the grace of God that caught me before I, I entered into that territory was through theology of the body. I was so desperate for love. And of course, ev- like every teenage girl listening to this, even every teenage guy, to say that you're desperate for love is not a weak thing because you're understanding the core of your identity, that you're made for love, you're made for relationships. Just make make the right decisions with that desire. And what I was doing was making the decision of, all right, I'm not dating someone right now. I really desire to. So let me read these really good, insightful teachings, which you have to water down because they're heavy. Um, But it was in reading Theology of the Body that I was like, this is what I'm looking for. I don't want the hookup culture. I don't want a guy to use me. I don't, I want to be able to like experience connection and intimacy with a guy and him call me the next day. Like I don't want him to use me. I don't, so grounding theology of the body allowed me to pick up what people call red flags, pick up the, the losers, pick up the guys who were going to use me in college. And the grace that comes into you when you read Theology of the Body is just life-changing. And we embody it. Like mm-hmm. you said, like these people 
we start to embody it. So men, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, so, no, I want to hear from you because you always have way more uh, impactful thoughts than I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the theology of the body for be- beginners is sure. a great one from Christopher West because oh, yeah. it is. It's that it's that baseline version mm-hmm. for everybody. Jason Everett's book for that one is good too because it's the guy and the girl side. Mm. You can read about the guy and the girl. That, was that the guy you the sent one. me the quote? Great. Pete just sent me a great quote, Jason Everett. I think it was... If your God will let you do anything that you want, then you're your God. Mm. <laughs> that was yeah. actually Christophonic. Oh, okay, different guy. Either way, he could have said Jason Everett could have said that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're right, and those are great. So Jason Everett, Chastity Project, mm-hmm. or Christopher West, Theology of the Body for Beginners, great entry points so that great you don't get. Points. So yep. this way, it doesn't get too you know mm-hmm. like like stale for you as you're leading in. But for me, Shannon. Like, well, oh my! For God to to deliver that to you sooner, I, know. I was already married. Mm. So here I am, like twenty eight years old. The light bulbs start going off, and I'm wow. like the aha moments, and I'm like, where the hell was this like ten years ago? Like I needed yeah. this before because, mm. but thank God, thank God, God preserved our marriage exactly yeah. through all of this. Talk about pulling a 180 in your relationship, by oh, the way, sure. and in your marriage. Yeah. Because I had to do it with the same person, so I'm mm. not with a new person, so I'm not reinventing myself. Right. And then going back out to the dating marketplace. You're doing it right there. I'm yeah. doing right there. Your... Yeah. Recapturing our marriage the right way. And something happened at the time. You made me think of this before, but this is a good place to insert it. Yeah. I remember our wives are pregnant with like their whatever, maybe first or second children. Mm-hmm. And I have a very, very close buddy of mine, like childhood best friend. And he's like, dude, I excuse the um, the vulgarness or whatever. Sure. But he's like, oh, I can't even bang her, you know, like yeah. because she's so um, I like because of, you know, she's so like, you know, pregnant and fat or whatever. basically. Right. And I was like and I'm hearing him say this. And I was mm-hmm. here. I am coming off of learning theology, of the body mm-hmm. now appreciating Trisha in a whole new way that I had never appreciated her wow. and her motherhood, as you were describing, right. Shannon, breastfeeding after yep. the baby being born, all of that. It's all new to me. And I was like, it was almost like, what are you even talking about, yeah. dude? Like, mm-hmm. I'm actually infinitely more attracted to her mm. right now than I've ever been mm. before. Like, this Praise is God. what God had intended all yeah. along for me. This is that interior desire, as yeah. you were describing, Shannon, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, wow, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And so Love that. Then you have it, and then you want others. You're like, oh, uh-huh. I hope other people can experience this, uh-huh. which obviously your mom and dad have, you yeah. know? And it's... And there's something interesting about Theology of the Body. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the story, but one day when John Paul was giving a sermon, one of his talks, and he gave them every Wednesday during his papacy, someone in the crowd shouted, and she was an older woman, like older, like 60, 70. She she shouted, we don't understand this. And John Paul just closes his eyes and does his little gentle smile, and he goes, it's not for you. It's for the next generation. And he was basically saying, like, I'm pre I'm almost prophesying into what the next generation needs for the culture of life to thrive. Whoa. Like he was prophesying what my generation and I I don't know, maybe you're in my generation, but you got it. You're part of it. <laughs> you got the food. Um that we were going to we were going to be a part of that movement. Yeah. Yeah. What do you see, Shannon? You're dealing with a lot of young women. Sure. Also in yourself, you have your own experience. Yeah. Has this, the the way that 
the average young man is interacting with women in mm-hmm. the state of, let's say, the dating pool, mm-hmm. what effect is that having on women? Because you're seeing, you know, because obviously these young women are dating people or they're starting yeah. to date people in high school and whatever. What do you see as the effect of the culture that we have? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're not, maybe you're only in this really super strong Catholic group that's not <laughs> happening, but our experience, even with amongst the Catholic schools, is that there's still a, a oh, strong element of yeah. the world in the dating pools of young people. For so sure. how is this affecting the young women as you see in their development? I, I imagine this is what parenting is like, but my day-to-day life at Nazareth involves walking down the hallway and any girl of any grade, Miss Donnelly, so there's this boy. And I'm, <laughs> immediately I just pause. Like the, the mom mode goes on mother bear goes on and i'm like not excited for them because they're like all giddy and the emotions are high but i'm like cool calm and collected and i'm like okay like tell me how you met them what what and i see what fruit it's producing like scripture says you know something is good by the fruit that it bears is she anxious is she hiding it from her parents? Is she only communicating on Snapchat? If those things are affecting her and affecting her ability to be happy, then there's almost this like hold that it has on her. And this is something I see a lot with the young girls. A guy will give them attention and they hold on to it. And as women, as fallen Eves, our tendency our concupiscence is to grasp and to control. So when the guy's not giving the attention anymore and he's not giving the emotional high to the girl, she'll try to to do anything to control and grasp at it and get it back. When he's probably outside, like, shooting hoops with his friend, not thinking about the girl. So the way that it affects the girls, it has a hold on them. Like, it totally just becomes their mental real estate. 80% of their day goes into thinking about him. But like I said, the way it affects them, you know if this guy's good for them or not. And I've walked with a lot of girls through breakups, and I've seen girls break up, and then they come in my office, I pray over them, they're crying, it's a very healing experience, but then they go back to them. And that was really hard for me as a campus minister to watch that, because when I broke up with guys, it was gone, blocked their number, sayonara. Like, it wasn't hard for me to, like, move on. So when you see that... you just see like an untrained conscience and I tell them like you know his red flags like you know what things he's done wrong you know what things you're looking for make a list of that so when you experience that darkness and that dryness your will will be reminded of those things that affected you Um, so I just feel like it always comes down to the emotions the emotions are not matured the emotions are not healed they're not like God isn't in charge of their emotions and they base essentially their theology off their emotions like he makes me feel so good so of course I'm going to be with him meanwhile he like treats his mom like she's awful and whatever so the effect is just you just hold your breath because you just know like I know girls my age who are healing in therapy for years from their high school boyfriends and then you watch the girls in high school you almost can look at it and be like they're gonna be like my friend Jenny who's in counseling right now because of the guy she's describing Mm -hmm. it's hard it's it's the hardest part of my job to watch them make decisions and they go to me with for advice and they don't follow it 
And it's interesting, <clears throat> Shannon, because here you are extremely close to them in each. So this yep. isn't like parent wisdom or like grandparent wisdom yeah. of decades of, you know, like, experience. Yeah. This is you just very, mm-hmm. you know, very, you know, um, just aware. Like, I get it. I know it. Yeah. And you yeah. can see it already that, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to be blank in just a matter of whatever. If eight, you let this eight guy. Eight years, six yeah. years, seven years. Yeah. Six, yeah. There was something I heard the other day, too, that I think the girls can relate to. And it's the idea of just, like, needing attention. And, and it was this psychologist. And she was explaining that when you get butterflies, when you have the feeling of butterflies, your brain doesn't know the difference if that's positive or negative. So when I tell the girls, like, if you're, she's like, oh, I have a lot of butterflies. He has to be the one. I just have those butterflies, whatever, whatever they would feel, the spark, whatever you call it. That can actually be a red flag of your brain telling you to, to be on guard, like something might be up. Or it could mean the opposite, where you just have been captivated and you know, it lightens your mood, you're, you're looking forward to something, but your brain doesn't know the difference of it being a positive or negative experience. So the, the discipline of the will comes in and you have to train these girls to be like, okay, pay attention to that. What does that mean? And we had, Pete, you've talked about this. Um, unfortunately, one of our students was murdered by her boyfriend. We had an act of domestic violence from the, in the summer after she graduated. Andrew, you don't know That's this. Terrible. I actually terrible. wanted Shannon. I wanted to ask you this, so yeah. thank you for bringing it up. And this, I, please listen right now. This is this is everything. dating gone wrong in our new culture. I mean, this is exactly mm-hmm. what Pope John Paul was trying to guard us against: mm-hmm. the culture of death versus the culture of life. Yep. Not just at an abortion facility, but just mm-hmm. all of us as as human beings. Yep. Right, valuing mm-hmm. dignity of each other. So please listen to this, please. I remember I walked with Morgan. Morgan was a close student of mine, and she told me about her boyfriend all the time. Never had like, mm, those are red flag moments, but totally had moments of like, okay, he's like an idiotic teenage boy. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is so annoying. Don't play with our emotions. And I, well, Morgan passed away the year we were quarantined so when we ended school in march and i got the call in july i hadn't seen her since march because we were quarantined everyone was living at home but i knew in march that she was determined to break up with him like over easter break or something so like that that and that was everyone knew that like everyone knew they broke up but she was she was like the girl who had the emotion she had the giddiness she she like showered him in her love and she was so good she was just such a good girlfriend and I always told her that I'm like you're just like the best girlfriend like you know how to buy the gifts you know how to he had a younger sister how to play with the younger sister she she was just a good beautiful girl and everyone just was blinded by the fact that he was like a star athlete and he was good looking and he knew you know what how to do a good relationship but he had these like little red flag moments that morgan knew morgan saw them morgan would come in my office she'd be like oh he thinks he's gonna like play with me he's a fool like i'm smarter than that and she's still like distressed because she knows her heart was just broken and he betrayed her and he would do things to hurt her 
but she was smart she was so smart and I I just grieve the day that she decided to meet with him to give closure because that's how it happened they decided to meet because she started dating someone else she's a beautiful girl of course someone jumped in on that and you know it was those moments where you look back on she did everything right she knew the red flag she was sensitive to the things that he was doing and she knew her capacity for love and then she just kind of cut it off but then as as women we think we owe closure or we think we owe an explanation or we think we have to tell the guys you know this is why it didn't work out or this is why i cut you off or whatever we don't need like you don't need to do that like as women you don't need to give the guy closure if you don't feel good about it you move on if you feel those butterflies telling you there's some red flags you invest in your relationships with your friends and your and your male role models and you you lean on them you lean on god you lean on prayer and you know that you did the right thing you don't ever have to go back to a situation and explain yourself because you've made the decision for your freedom what god is leading you to you run towards god and not the guy and if if the guy's running towards god and you guys meet each other like that'll happen but never ever ever run back to the guy you run right to the father like the prodigal son proper discernment proper discernment would Mm -hmm. be sitting with god yeah so he ended up killing her oh so yeah like he met her at the train station asking for closure of the relationship and and stabbed her to death oh my gosh i read this story and had no idea it was shannon's student until i got Mm -hmm. and then i think i don't remember i think i just posted something mm -hmm. and everyone realized i had that it was and so shannon filled me in a little bit yeah so it's one of those things that you like even today like i'm like that that's not real like that didn't happen you just oh was that july it was july so i think we just came up on the two-year anniversary um i mean like talk about just grief i mean my whole year after that was grief counseling with the counseling department and i god gave me the grace to do it but it was just the family shannon the, oh i was with the family a lot of it and uh, Morgan had a, a single mom, um, and she's already started an organization called Morgan's Light. And if you guys go on that website, you can check out a lot of amazing resources, not only to a list of red flags, but um, a 24-hour hotline that you can text. You don't have to call. You can text and talk to people. Just resources, Morgan's story. Um, yeah, Mrs. McCaffrey talks a lot about how she picked up on a few things during their dating relationship and she told like how she told Morgan like don't ever go back to him and every girl has that experience where she thinks that she can trust the guy and go back to him what were the red flags I mean because that sounds like you'd have to have I mean somebody who's who's able to accomplish like to do that kind of evil yeah you you would imagine there would be some significant red flag was it like oh he didn't call back on a tuesday when he said he would or was it oh by the way yeah i came over to his house and i saw him like hurting puppies Mm. or he or he he hit me before because we got into a fight yeah Yeah. what kind of red flag are we talking about there are red flags and there are red flags because that's a pretty extreme behavior mrs mccaffrey bravely came to nazareth this past year to talk to the students from her point of view it's like wow she's doing this really early on god is all over her um the red flags she pointed out were controlling behavior where he where she was going what she looked like how she was dressed, who she was hanging out with. 
Another story was um, a month before it happened, Morgan was at senior week and he like wouldn't let her be alone with her friends. He like stayed at the house and the girl, the girls in the house were like, get him out of here. Like, why is he here? Um, Not leaving her alone. Again, like all the criticism, controlling where she goes and who she talks to, stuff like that. And if I may, um, I think that that this is something that a lot of young men, if we were to be honest about it, Mm -hmm. this is behavior that a lot of young men are exuding because they're for two reasons. One, me included, by the way, Mm -hmm. like as I had said, I pulled a 180. Yeah. And I mean that I'm this guy you're describing. Mm. Awful. Mm -hmm. Me too. Absolutely awful. Common. Yeah. For sure. So for, for... one reason is guys were tough but on on ex, you know on the shell yeah and on the inside there is a tender heart mm-hmm. we don't want to be cheated on right and right and so the whole the trust piece of this mm-hmm. so i've talked to a lot of young men you yeah. know including our own sons who are now getting older mm-hmm. they don't want to be cheated on they want a girl yeah. that they can trust yeah and you know, you'll almost go to the extent of trying to control them mm-hmm. in order, you know, yeah. in order to not have them betray you. Yeah. Because then there's this other piece of if they betray me, well, then it's over. I just can't go back to that person probably right. on both the girl and the guy's side. Mm-hmm. Um, Trisha and I would be a testament that that's not true, is that God's grace, love, and mercy is so bountiful Mm -hmm. that he can write straight all over our crooked lines and make Mm -hmm. something that's a disaster completely beautiful as he's done with us, Mm -hmm. you know, in our marriage. So Mm -hmm. I would say that even if you've been cheated on, (laughs) you can still recover from that. And, but I think the other piece of it too, if you don't mind speaking into a little bit, Shannon, is just that when young people become intimate, Mm -hmm. It's another level. Yes. And so now the, is it the oxytocin that's being released from Mm -hmm. their brains? Mm -hmm. The bond, yeah, it's the bonding hormone. Yeah. It binds you and blind you. Thank you. That's the term. So it'll bond you to the person, but blind you of their faults. And again, without, you know, overstepping boundaries and stuff, um, there were definitely moments of intimacy that were involved and, um, it's and just something that there would almost have to be. Yeah, it would almost have to be. And right? you're not even if we're not speaking specifically, we can tiptoe and even just generically say statistics say that nine out of ten yeah. couples in the whole high school age group are being intimate yep. with each other. So, yep. so to not be intimate, you would you know definitely be, be in, in the, the you know in the minority. It's the yeah. grace. Um, I had I had one student who I keep in touch with now. It was actually my first week at Nazareth and. She was in her theology of the body class and she ran into my office and she's like, so tell me why I can't be having sex with my boyfriend. And I'm like, hi, I'm Miss Donnelly. How are you? Like, (laughs) I was like, this is my kind of stuff, though. Like, this girl and I are going to be good friends. Um, She was asking. She was asking. She's like, give me a reason instead of just doing. She like sat at my feet. Like, I was in my chair like I am here. And she sat at my feet right on the ground. She didn't take the chair and just looked up at me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is such a vulnerable moment. And she's like, she's like, I was just sitting in theology class and the teacher's telling me why it's wrong and I feel convicted, but I, but like I enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, like sex isn't a bad thing. It's, in, it's inherently enjoyable. And I kind of walked her through like 
who's your boyfriend? I just asked her, who's your boyfriend? How long have you been dating? Tell me what you like about him. What do you trust? When did you start sleeping together? And she, you know, she throughout her whole year ended up dating him into her senior year. And when I reached out to her that summer, she had sent me a text and said, so-and-so cheated on me. I I understand what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment of it, it clicked in her head of like, that was pleasure, but it wasn't faithfulness. And it like him, him doing that with me didn't promise me what takes place on the altar of marriage. And it became that moment where you realize like, okay, you might be enjoying this. This is pleasure in itself, but it's not showing you if they're faithful, if they're going to be the good man that you need, or if they're going to be committed to you and make decisions for your good and, and your welfare. So it's that moment of just, you know, you sit down with someone and you understand their hunger, right? Like you look at Mary Magdalene, like your hunger was for love. Your hunger was for men naturally. But if we can learn like non-physical, non like physically sexual forms of intimacy and build communication, build connection with other people, we will bond with them in such a way that when you break up with them, you won't go through the agony because you don't have to like chemically in your brain break up with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been able to gracefully break up with people because I never crossed that boundary and it was very freeing. And and the guys who I dated hadn't ever been with a girl who had the standard of chastity and they were like, oh my gosh, my girl's so cool. But when push came to shove, it was like, all right, no, like they're like, I want it. And I'm like, you're not getting it. So... You know, you just stick up for yourself. And it really, it's really all a grace. Like, you can't. Of course you want it. <laughs> I know. Like, you were like. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> You're like a young dude. Really? You want to have sex with me? Really? And it, it's a, almost that seriously? moment where I think. No way. We have, need. We like need. saying like you like I, pizza. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. For <laughs> and I as men, because this is the men for life. Yeah. We need more women, young women to take your stance or actually even older women at this point or right. married women or all women, I guess, yeah. is to take that stance of, I know you want it. Yeah. You're not getting it. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't mean I love you less. Mm-hmm. And like, that's where we learn. That's where it was really hard too, because. Boom. It doesn't mean I love you less. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. No, call it out. Call it out. Because, and that's that was the hardest part of my dating relationships was explaining to a guy that intimacy is not synonymous to sex. Like, I'm falling in love with you, but I don't, like, and I'm doing that without having sex with you. Like, uh, like comprehend that. And I understand that it's harder for guys. Like, God literally made the guys pursue that more like I think 90% of guys love language is physical touch and that's okay like that's a beautiful thing remember sex is sacred but to like incorporate your emotions into that and say like I just want guys to be able to realize like yes she loves me and it's out of love that we're choosing not to just such an interesting to me I saw when I grew up there was um it was so much of this idolatry of the other, yeah. this like romantic love still, as idolatry, and it's in on. every. Yep. And I'm, you know, I play music, and every song was a is about like this romantic love, as though it's the highest thing, and it's a high thing. I mean, it's like not a, obviously it's an amazing thing. It's how yeah. every one of us is here. Yeah. But it's not the highest. The highest thing. thing. Yeah. And so if you're going after that as it's the highest thing, you're saying two things. Number one, you're saying 
I'm making up the rules. Mm -hmm. So like if I want to have sex with you, I'm going to have sex with you even though it's not for my good. It's not what God wants for me. Mm -hmm. I'm God in this situation. Yeah. The Christ or the Christophanic mm -hmm. one. <laughs> I'm the yeah. God because why? Because I want to. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm immersed in this culture where it's every song I've ever listened to yeah. on the radio since I was seven years old. Yeah. And now it's like these songs are unbelievably um, explicit. It's not even about relationship anymore. Yeah. It's about sex. I mean, what is this like? I'm, I'm like, thank God I don't listen to the newer music, but like I've heard somebody sent me this song Cardi B. Mm, like this I stuff know. is un. It's un. It's it's almost like when I'm listening to it, like the old man listening to this. I'm just like, yep. you've got to be kidding me. Is this a joke? I is know. she serious? I know. Is this a serious song? Are you kidding me? Not only is it a terrible song, leave it aside, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this stuff is just so it's it's skipped over even the relationship part. Mm -hmm. yep. It skipped over even the like. So when I was growing up, it was the love part. Yeah. And that would you would overstep would the bounds. The, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm, I love you, I baby. Love you. And yeah. then it's like, oh, by the way, well, we like, let's, you know, let's express that love. Right. Or yeah. now it's, it's country. It's like right, cold beers right, on the Friday night. Not, and then we'll get yes. to that part. This yes. isn't even this is right. just this provocative. Is, this is like, just yes. from the beginning. Yeah, like beasts, like animals. Right. The whole point. We're skipping the relationship. I am some woman in the public sphere, and you're all obviously out to have sex with me. So I'm gonna whatever, like whatever. Just yeah. the insanity yeah. of it. Can is, I ask you guys a question? Uh oh. Whoa! A this second. is a new for men for <laughs> life. Wow! Look at this. This just went. Um, wow! This went. This, this just went. Step brothers. Oh, you're gonna be doing the interviewing? Okay. <laughs> Is that Pam? For our stepbrothers fans out there, is that Pam? Pam? I, I love never saw this show. No. Uh, I'm sorry. Just classic stupidity. Go it ahead. is. It is classic yeah. stupidity. And with a D? <laughs> <laughs> the answer sorry. is I didn't do it. As men of whatever age it started. Young. Super young. Dating. <laughs> Your dating phase, you're curious. You're curious about sex, essentially. Yes. Was the driving root of that fear of missing out? Or you literally wanted it. The driving root. Uh, I, the driving root is that. Well, there's multiple. It's it's mul It's like it's a complicated question. It First is, of all, you're ordered so biologically, right? Yes. You're just ordered biologically to it. And when yes. you're young, like Pete and I, as you get older, you talked about hormones. The testosterone goes down as you get older. But when you're like peaking, mm -hmm. like pubescent young man, it's dominating. It is. Yeah. So it is coarse. It's like you're you're like walking around with an IV mm. of testosterone. Yeah. Seriously, like you're you're seriously walking down the street. And you have a drip. Like you just walk down the street and you just have a drip of I of IV testosterone. So oh, you one can piece like smell it. it and Pete and I speak for high school. You can like smell it in the room. It's oh, just there. It's, oh, yeah. you can't. But the other th another thing that's interesting I'm is like, that, I recognize that. Is that amongst <laughs> your peer group, yes. it's also a big thing because like if you're able to accomplish that feat. Yeah. Because for to be a woman in a way when you start to menstruate, your body just, you're like a woman. Yeah. Like you're just automatically, you're there. Yeah. As a guy, it's not really like that. You're only a guy, you're only a man mm. if other men say you're a man or you're accepted mm. in that group. Wow. 
and in a way and and that's one main way of of doing that it's like oh you're a, like you you know like oh you did that you had sex with her okay now you're like in the club or yeah. or whatever as stupid as that. I'm not saying that that's intelligent no I'm saying that that's that's kind of what it is Pete did you know if you, oh yeah. I, yeah honestly and it is so for me looking back um for anyone who doesn't remember I'm born and raised next to Atlantic City and uh, and yeah. we've had this conversation a little bit Shannon of of um. Uh, you know, the M&M type role models mm. in the world, you know, and it's yeah. like, so it's so primitive, it's actual insanity, where it's in order to be validated by other men as being masculine, like you said, is I have to conquer a mm. female because that's actually where yes. I derive my masculinity. Right. And wow. it's not even like I'm deriving it. Yeah. I'm deriving it from other people telling me that telling I can now to. derive it. Yeah. And that even breaches another threshold is when I need other men to tell me I'm masculine, mm. wherever that is, yeah. locker room, streets, whatever, yeah. now that gives me permission to carry guns and go and kill other people because that's also going to make me more masculine. Right. So it's like, it's like the, yeah. oh, it is the ultimate like primitive mind structure of oh I, I can't believe it and by the way and women play a role in this because I was just gonna ask women, that yeah that's, if that's the next part of your question then women play a role by giving out the sex so what's happened right is that when my father got married in to my mom in whenever 1947 or whatever it was like what it was it was a long time it wasn't that old long ago but it was a long time yeah. ago he I hope I'm not outing you here dad but he wanted to have sex with her. I mean, I wasn't there. I'm assuming this is what happened. <laughs> like, and she wasn't going to do that. Okay. So he had to marry her yeah. in order for that to happen. Yeah. And that's the way it used to be. That was my, they're not like unique in that way. That was the way that it was, was. Yeah. And so what happens is, is that because if you look at it economically, mm -hmm. because there wasn't that much free sex on the market, right. my dad was called to being a higher man. He was 24. Or 20, whatever, 25 yeah. years old. And so he was, she's like, so you got to get a job. You're wow. going to have to get married. Now, you have to women, put a roof over Yeah, exactly. Heads, like, right. yeah. Women have Time to step up, buddy. Right. Women, yeah. have, women have flooded mm -hmm. the sexual marketplace. It's yep. just Tinder. Oh, I don't like you. I don't like oh, you. have sex with me? Great. Come on down. I'm at Rec Philly. Where you can just, whatever. Yeah. Come Literally. on down. Come on down. I'll be I'll be out in yeah. a minute. I'll be we're done here at five. We'll go have sex somewhere and I'll be it. Mm -hmm. Right. I just I just sifted through all these women. So what right. happens is is that now men can behave like absolute animals. Because mm -hmm. girls will give it. Because mm -hmm. because they don't yep. they're not being called. And it's both it's both it's sides. Both. It's but both. they're not being called to a higher standard of behavior to get what they want. Right. And then what you end up with is this super violent culture because in a free-for-all sexually, yeah. what you end up with is a few guys get all the ladies and then you get a bunch of dudes that don't get any mm. and they're pissed off and angry and they start coloring their hair yellow and start shooting up people because they're pissed off yeah. because they're not getting any love, right? right. That's because that's the like the jungle. That's how it works in the yeah. jungle. Because that what is marriage love to them. Right. That's synonymous What marriage love. would do would, you know, or Remove. the way it's supposed to be yeah. is that women are supposed to hold men to a higher standard Amen. in order to get what the men, like we all admit, like men want sex. Like yeah. men like pizza and sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so. beer. 
Right, and beer. <laughs> right, right, that beer That's too. That's it. Right. The trifecta. So, so it's so it's the women's role. We so we're call, we're working on the men's side of the equation here to try to call men to this, but it's on both sides. Women it is. have if women will continue to flood the market, they will get exactly. idiot men. They will get idiot young men. They will. And they will they and Period. they will be teaching them to do that. It's just economics. You get more of what you pay for. Right. You get more of what you pay for. And so if you give it out, you're just going to get more of that. Yep. That's why I like giving away free money is a terrible solution. It's like when you're sitting at the park with pigeons, you start throwing food. Mm -hmm. You don't get less pigeons. You yeah. get more pigeons. Yeah. yeah. You get more of what you pay for. So if you just give away free sex for idiocy, you get more idiocy. Yeah. And I don't think that most of the girls start that way. I think it actually starts innocently mm -hmm. like the girl you were describing in your office. Yeah. Until the guy then says, well, I got it from you, which means I can also go get it from somebody else. Right. Then he cheats on her. Right. Moment of clarity. Mm -hmm. She either is bruised and injured and then continues giving herself away to others. Right. And or... She uses that as the moment of clarity and says, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to you now, God. Yep. I want you to help purify this and make me whole again. Right. Because it will benefit the next relationship. Mm. Exactly. Because then that yeah. guy will then have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Am I going to be more of a man for her? Right. Or am I going to just go to the other one? Right. Which I'll wind up there anyway, because mm -hmm. that's ultimately what I was looking for in this relationship. Right. So... It's and biologically, I, it's wired. Yeah, we're wired yeah it's we wired. are. So wired that's that why way. we need somebody to halt the mm -hmm. the wiring, so it just doesn't, you know, to to put the little like um, clamp on it, you know. Yeah. To, and we have to clamp for each other. It's why Proverbs twenty seven seventeen is one of my favorites because mm -hmm. I recognize it. Iron sharpening iron. Yeah. In our complement, in our difference. Yeah. We get to celebrate the difference, which is where we find our complementarity in male and female. Yeah. But it only happens the more female that you are, which you describe, Shannon. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that when we had Steve Boza on, and he speaks a mm. lot into this, is yeah. that the more feminine that Trisha is, was, mm -hmm. the more masculine, yeah. And yeah, it calls me to my own masculinity. It's, it's awesome. like, yeah. I've been in those situations, too. I've, I've been in, around guys and guy friends who are like, they're like, you're just like, you just don't realize how great you are and, and, and stuff like that. And it calls them a little bit higher as a friend and who they are. And it never compelled them to date me, but it, it just compelled them to go higher. But what the hell, guys? What's up, guys? What's <laughs> I up? know. What's up? I didn't like them, so it's okay. It's on me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I asked the fear question because I, I think in, like what Angie was saying, because of the media and the saturation of pornographic imagery... Women right now are so afraid that they won't be validated in their sex appeal. Because once you grow that body and once you look good, if you're not putting it out mm. in your TikTok dances and on your posts and literally selling it almost because girls can do that now, they feel like they haven't been validated in their sexual identity. And and again, like I could speak a whole nother episode on on what the Part female two. I know the female body speaks sexually and it's not your dances, it's not showing mm. your bikini photos, it's not alluring them in with your seductive whatever you're trying to do. It's just, I, ugh, ugh, barf, mm -hmm. barf, barf, barf. And yeah, we didn't even talk about that. The whole idea of the, f for, speaking of a flood of a market, 
of pornography. Yep. That when I was growing up, we didn't have, when you were growing up, we didn't have, I mean, there is like, like magazines and stuff. Oh, but you should see what's today, out Today, I mean, on these little Ooh. phones, you touch a button, yep. you can have any, like it, the, the level of pornography that exists today. This is very vulgar, is but the tr- like I could go home and sell porn. Like this is how accessible it is. Like someone, like if I wanted to put myself out there, like, I could go do that right now. Like, this is how awful it is. The boys were just telling me about one of the you apps know. or sites yeah. specifically yeah, yeah, where that can... Yep. You're like everyday people, and they're becoming billionaires, and it's awful. We heard. And it's being glamorized. Mm-hmm. And this is who our this is who our young people's role models are. This is who's on our TikToks. This is who's on our feed. Yeah. We're not seeing the Blessed Mother. We're not seeing the saints. We're not seeing the Mary Magdalene's being converted. It's... That it's is, not good. That is the center of the culture of death. Is it's, the pornography yeah. thing yep. writ large? Yep. It is. It really is. We've got to. We've got to sort of land the ship, ladies and gentlemen. I saw um, that. We're, we're yeah. We're getting out close to. So, Pete, you're you're Shannon. We so it was so wonderful having it's you. So we good really to be here. hope that you'll come back. It was so wonderful. You're like such a great, great person to speak with about this and like you guys too. Awesome. Thank it was you. Great. Th- thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Pete, you wanna do you wanna like land the ship? Fairwise? Yeah. Do you want to? If you you ask, I'm not gonna play the back and forth. I'll just land the ship. Do it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hit it. A- a- Andrew, I Ladies first. Yeah, and I um it's nice for you to close it out in okay. our complimentarity since I got to open up. Would yeah. love to, yeah. Honestly, cool. Shannon, as, as Andrew said, this was just so So good. So much it was fun. Great. It was so beautiful. So good to be Amen. in this bougie room. I wish everyone could see it. It's a fancy <laughs> it's... podcasting studio. Shannon, your <laughs> podcast before we wrap up. My um, po- you guys can find me more goodness now on Apple and Spotify. Um, also on Instagram. Just got back on uh, speaking.shannon is my tag. Um, so yeah, you can find a bunch of episodes on there. I talk a little bit about what I talked about today with the fitness and body image and how to be alone and spend time with God and Amen. just a bunch of goodness. Yeah. So, so ladies and, uh, and young and men, young men yep. if you want to hear more from Shannon, um, it's, uh, again, more goodness now, more goodness now is the name. Yep. Anchor.fm. Yep. It's yep. anchor.fm slash more goodness now. Okay. Yep. And you can love find the it. anchor. We love the anchor. Anchor's yeah. great. You Anchor's can find, awesome. Find it on Spotify too. So And on Instagram? Instagram and Apple Podcasts. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Yeah. Let's you'll... close out. Okay. Mary, we come to you with our hearts, our hearts that desire and hunger for human love. We ask that you just give us the graces of that love. Help us to choose the right decisions to hold out for true love, not the cheapened versions of love. Purify all of our desires. Lead us to the men and women that you've called us to be. And then lead us to the men and women that we are called to be with in friendship and romantic relationships. Bless this podcast. Bless Andrew and Pete and all of their men for life endeavors and raise a culture of men and women for life in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Signing off.